It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. When people think about Las Vegas, they think about all the exciting development and redevelopment here. But part of the Las Vegas story takes place in Henderson, and the heart of Henderson is Water Street. My guest is intimately involved with Water Street. He's architect Wyndham Kimsey, who, along with his wife and Elisa Polk, have opened Azura Cucina Italiana, serving Italian classics in Henderson's reimagined Water Street. For everything about Azura Cucina Italiana, go to azuracucina.com and you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook. And Wyndham, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. You have a great background as an architect, and I want to get into that a little bit and then get into what drew you to Water Street. Tell us a little bit about, for those who don't know about you, because not only are people in Las Vegas listening and watching, but around the world. So give us a sense of your background and then how you ended up in Las Vegas. And then specifically, what, what drew you to Water Street? Yeah, I'll give you a quick trajectory. Okay. I grew up in uh, Tennessee, went to college in Michigan, Ann Arbor for six years, uh, moved to Chicago, became a licensed architect and worked there for about five years. And one of my um, good friends from college was originally from Las Vegas and enticed me to move out here. And I have uh, haven't looked back since. And that was in 1989. So perspective here was uh, basically when the Mirage, which is soon going to leave us, <laughs> exactly. the Mirage was being uh, built. So that's sort of my landmark project as an architect that happened when I moved here. When you look at your, your career as an architect, some architects are noted for certain styles. Do you have a particular style that you go for in designing? I know that you're very much involved in public spaces, education, institutions, yeah. etc. Yeah, you know, I think you're right, D designing for the public. But in terms of style, it's really more about thinking a lot about some of our abundant resource here, daylight. We do a lot of do a lot of things with natural light that make the buildings inherently energy efficient, but also creating public spaces that people like to be in, right? You know, McCarran Airport D-Gates and other more public buildings worked on the Las Vegas Convention Center, the new West Hall expansion, and just trying to create through architecture, right, a sense of community and things people can be proud of and also make their lives easier when they have to go in there, like doing a DMV, for example. Yes, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned the D-Gates, and I agree with you. When you go into the D-Gates at the International Airport here in Las Vegas, it is a spacious feel, and it's a comfortable spacious feel. It's not just spacious in the sense that you feel dwarfed by it. It's right. just more of a, I don't know, there's an energy there that I don't see in other terminals. Does that make sense, the way I'm explaining it as a layman? No, I, I think you are. I Sort of the inspiration for that was, you know, traveling uh, traveling to Europe and seeing some of their great train stations and things. And, and, and to me, the airports and things that emulate some of that you know, traveling just should be a, a special celebrated experience. Shouldn't always be shuffling off somewhere for work and coming back through. I mean, in the U.S. in particular, we're probably behind the world in terms of our terminal design. There's some really mm -hmm. nice ones. But when you when you leave the United States and see how some other people welcome you. And so when I did that project, Bob Broadbent was a director and he said, look, here's that, you know, 
this is Las Vegas. Make people feel like, you know, they're coming somewhere special. And, and that was, I mean, I was like in my thirties and I'm like, man, what a great commission to work on. And we had so much fun doing it. So probably my favorite project I've ever worked. It's on. funny. You, you beat me to my question, which was what's your favorite project, but that that's it. Yeah. I've done, I look, and I've done a lot of, a lot of them and some are definitely, uh, but that one, maybe it's just uh, so many people get to see it and experience it. And I do it myself too. Right. And I, sure. and I see how it's uh, changed over the years and everything. Is there a little plaque buried somewhere in the D gates that I missed that has your name on it by any chance? Uh, it's probably there somewhere. It'd have to be in the great. Um, I, I know we we did something, <laughs> but back then we were Tate Snyder Architects, right? right. Former partners, right? So, well, it'd be yeah. nice to have it there, just so you can point out to children yeah. and grandchildren and relatives and. Friends. I like being stealth. I'll be honest with you. I like being <laughs> stealthy and kind of so you can be there. And, you know, I love listening to people talk about it or look around and, you know, if they're lost, even, or, which generally is the problem. But, you know, it's just, it's kind of cool being, you know, the like a fly on the wall, right? To listen to people talk about things. Same way with the restaurant, right? The fly on the wall thing. I like being anonymous and being in spaces that you've designed. I want to get to the restaurant in a moment because. That's not the only part of Water Street that you're involved in. So let's go from what your interest was when you first moved to Las Vegas and you really, this, this is now home, and now you set your focus on Water Street. And a lot of people don't know about Water Street, but that's really the historic part of Henderson, which is a major city in Southern Nevada. It is. And, you know, look, I, I'm going to uh, be, you know, guilty as charged, but I didn't really know much about Water Street. I think I had to come in back in the day and get a new cable box from Cox down there by <laughs> Fleming Bakery or whatever. And uh, it wasn't until we were working uh, with the city of Henderson on a space and science center, which wasn't ever realized. But, you know, I was looking at where the city was looking at some sites. I think the original site was over by Henderson Hospital. And I'm like, well, that's a weird place to have a, a science museum or whatever. And but I was started coming to meetings downtown in the city. And I'm I'm like and, and I'm a cyclist. So I was cycling here a few times and looking for coffee and stuff. And there was a place that was open on Water Street intermittently that I would <laughs> stop at. And but you know, looking around, you realize like, you know. The street, this street's got a lot of potential. And, you know, it had to because, you know, it was originally, I would imagine the heyday, the past heyday in Water Street was probably, I'm thinking in the 50s, right? I mean, I look at some of these old photos Henderson has and, you know, there was like the, there was movie theater where um, I believe Rainbow Casino is. And right. I think there was a Sears there too at one point. Yeah. And all, all these other places, there was the, what was the burger? I, I don't. I mean, not having grown up in Henderson, but I've met plenty of people have and told me about all the places down here. But mm -hmm. to me, the scale of it and, you know, my my influence was the time I spent probably in Chicago, which was in, you know, sort of neighborhoods that you walk around a block and there's a bakery, there's a restaurant, a bar or whatever. And much more sort of walkable places where garages are on the backside. So it's like creating these these streets for people to be out on. And so Water Street seemed to have some of the right architects like to use the word bones or whatever, but it had the, you know, the infrastructure there mm -hmm. to be something. And, you know, that's kind of what, so we were looking at Space and Science Center. I said, hey, have y'all thought about putting it on Water Street? So we did 
yeah, some explorations of that. We did like a, we call it a charrette or a public workshop, right? That we, our architecture firm with the city sort of put on and had people come and talk about Water Street and things they wanted to see and what it should have and what it should look like. And, you know, I never thought about being down here at that time. And then, but the little light bulb went off after going through, I'm like, why don't we move our office down here? Because we were at a point where that was a you know, point in the, you know, with our business that, you know, it made sense maybe to, to have a new office. And the city had a redevelopment program that worked with me on, you know, I, I purchased the land from the city, you know, we got some grant money to help build the uh, office and that's kind of took off from there. And, you know, a lot of things have come in since then, but, I, but I'll throw a shout out to Tim Brooks at, at the time he owned a rainbow or the uh, Emerald Island casino, now the rainbow and Emerald Island casino, but you know, he put some investment in there and really, really was committed to downtown. And I got to know him through the Henderson chamber and, you know, he, he kind of gave me the confidence to, you know, jump off the, jump off the diving board. Do you have then clients visit you there in the new offices in on water street? Yeah. And you know, it's funny people come like, Oh, I didn't know there was anything going on. Here. <laughs> you know, truthfully, I get, you still get that a lot. Water street's even interesting because people come, I mean, uh, um, kudos to Juan's and his flaming fajitas, but he brings a lot of people down there, but they're right at the edge. Right. And they don't drive up the street, but lifeguard now, a lot of people are coming down there to do, you know, take their kids to hockey practice or league games and things. So it's getting a lot of exposure and, you know, a lot of people are investing. New hotel coming. Joe D. Simone's doing a brand new hotel next to Lifeguard. New apartment buildings at Watermark are going to open later this year. So I'm excited. And, you know, for me, it's like, I feel like I'm sprinkling this, you know, Johnny Appleseed or something. <laughs> Some of these things out there. I don't have the bandwidth to do these super large projects. I can do like small sort of micro, you know, micro projects. Well, I don't know. The D-Gate's are pretty big. Well, designing them, I meant developing them. The <laughs> okay. stuff I've done in Henderson, I've I've uh, paid for and fair and enough. Developed. Fair enough. No, the dates were big, and I'd say the convention center is probably even a, a maybe a little larger. So now, before we get to the restaurant, there was an intermediate step, which was the coffee shop. Yeah, and you know, honestly, when I'd mentioned before about cycling down here and. You know, uh, cyclists like coffee and, and, and I'm like, man, it'd be great to have a coffee shop. But the idea really came from one of, one of the architects in our office. And he said, you want to be cool to have a coffee shop of our own? And, you know, great for business <laughs> development. Everybody come in and, and, you know, the light bulb went on. Kind of how it happened. I, I had somebody that was coming in as a, as a uh, tenant to do the coffee shop and they decided to go do their next store somewhere else. And so I, just kind of talk to the guys at the coffee shop I went to all the time. They're like, hey, we can run it for you. I mean, look, trust me, there was no like elaborate business plan or anything. It was a bit of a, like, I want the heck, let's do it. And uh, so this will be our sixth year. It's amazing. Uh, Public Works Coffee. But I've learned a lot because I'm an architect by trade. And these other businesses are things that I have to learn a lot more about. Right. And they're, they're very, very different. Yeah, there is a learning curve, not only with the coffee shop, but with the restaurant, which I want to get into with you in a moment. One more thing about the coffee shop. Did you find that the support for the coffee shop came not only from, as you mentioned, cyclists that want some caffeine, but locals that saw what was happening on Water Street and look, there's a new coffee shop. That's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, I think we get, I can't imagine, we get so many people that have just never been downtown before. 
Um, and they, they come in and, you know, part of it's using the coffee shop as a tool to raise awareness about downtown. And I know partnered a lot of times with the city on events to get people to come in and see it and see what it's like. Cause really you're kind of just setting an example for others and to add. And I guess we're getting another coffee shop on the street, uh, in this new apartment building, but it's drawn some people, but it's different. A rest, I mean, we'll get to it, but the coffee shop, you know, we got a lot of people that work at the city and they're big supporters and they come over a lot and they can walk. They don't have to get in their car and have to do a drive through. And that's the whole point for me is getting people walking in a neighborhood. Of course, now the only negative part about it is the fact that you don't get the bicycle to work anymore because you are there already. Yeah, no, you don't. don't Although <laughs> uh, the commute's pretty nice. Uh, it's under 30 seconds. So you <laughs> if you go over 30 seconds, you get a ticket for speeding. Uh, so right. It's to go there. So now you decide, okay, this coffee shop's working out really well. Now we're going to open up a restaurant. Now, there's all kinds of restaurants one could open. A, how did you decide on an Italian restaurant serving Italian classics? And two, how did you come up with the name? And three, you roped your wife into this one. You know, I've roped her into all of them. Okay. <laughs> she, I'm not I'm not sure she's always a willing participant when we start on it, but I'm pretty sure she enjoys it afterwards. So it's been it's been it's been good. And you know, it's very you know, since you're a family and you're living there, it's best to have her engaged. Absolutely, absolutely. So how, so how did you decide on a restaurant A and then of course an Italian so, restaurant? So I decide well, I, I built my original plan was to build three of these, you know, three story multifamily housing project down here next to the office. And, you know, it got kind of expensive to build. So I ended up doing two. One on my live-in, it had, does have an apartment attached to it over the garage. And then I built a three flat next to it. But the ground floor, in keeping with the city's, you know, in the Water Street District is to have mixed use. So, and, and I'll be honest with you, I went through a few iterations of what that mixed use should be. I mean, originally we were thinking some live work and somebody would rent one of the apartments and that would be like where they open their business. But, and then my idea was a, uh, a wine bar that was, that one went a little ways. And then just like my coffee shop, the person that was interested in the wine bar did something else, but they did it in another place. So I'm like, right. okay, I can handle that. Uh, <laughs> sure. You're already at the coffee shop. Why not? Yeah, so I uh, even toyed with the idea of ice cream with some folks. But what happened was I was at an event for the Golden Knights, uh, a sort of a donor sponsorship luncheon, and I was talking with the guy next to me. And I don't even remember his name, but we we were talking about like restaurants. You know, you just get talking about places. And we were both reminiscent about a restaurant called Italian that was up on Eastern, close to the Anthem Country Club where I lived for a long time. And... You know, just on a whim, I just texted Walter, who's the general manager of the restaurant. And I said, hey, you, you ready to look at Water Street? Because I'm always <laughs> talking to everybody at Water Street. And I figured he'd be like, yeah, you know, we're doing this. He goes, yeah, we should meet. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That, there wasn't any like grand blueprint or plan other than his interest and my interest in him and his wife because of the food. And what li my life used to be like when I lived near their other restaurant, I would go twice a week. And it was always a sort of uh, almost like going to a dinner party. You'd know half the people in there. They treat you like family. And it was just uh, 
It was a great experience. That's why we went both on the food and just, uh, you know, how you felt going somewhere. So sure. you know, I thought about it and I said, if, if I could really recreate something like that down on Water Street, it would certainly open people's eyes to the neighborhood a little more because there's nothing like it down here. And there's definitely nothing like it down here. I know now and talking to customers that come and, but that was really kind of how it happened. And I got in mm-hmm. deeper and deeper as we went and I, you know, being a designer and doing the space. I've seen so many restaurants around the world. I've been to Italy a lot of times. So I tried to like take all that stuff sort of up there in the attic and use some of it and on a budget, you know, not so crazy. I mean, because when you're here in Las Vegas, you go to a lot of places at the, at the, you know, casinos and things. And the restaurant design is just, so, they're amazing. We have so many places that are just incredible. And so, you know, how do you compete with that? But you got to do it on less of a budget, but also not to be, you know, elevate the experience from what a lot of people could get in mm-hmm. Henderson. And I would say that's happened. So your, your next step then is to get a chef because you're not going to be cooking back there. No, we have a chef. We we have Alessandra Madeira. That's Walter's wife. And she's she's unbelievable. She, I mean, she cares so much about her cooking. And it's not... And like I said, I've traveled a lot of places and, you know, and I go try a lot of the new restaurants here and things, but she, what she cooks, she cooks very well, very consistent. And uh, there's not a bad dish on the menu. I mean, it's, which is, you know, you go to a lot of places, you're like, yeah, I really like the salmon over here, but you know, that pasta was kind of, yeah, so. <laughs> but she is consistently spot on and it's the two of them. And they brought back a couple of their waiters that worked with them before. So it's not exactly the same. Maybe it's better. And of course, whenever you're in the mood for Italian food, all you have to do is walk 30 feet and you're So there. you ask yourself the question, how often should you eat it? Well, you, you want to cook. <laughs> you want to quit cooking altogether. But yeah, you know, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be that person there every night. Uh, so we're, we're, I think we're on a, like a one to two times a week schedule. That sounds reasonable. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Otherwise, it could, yeah, it could get a bit much. And your wife's in it as well as we talked about because she's involved with that as well as the other Mm -hmm. projects we talked about yes when you decided to design this restaurant you mentioned about going up in the attic and getting things is the idea is to create a mood of a typical italian restaurant in italy and then have the food match that design or am i wrong in the sense well i think the food uh they developed the menu and they've taken some things that uh, came from their former restaurant, but added new things. There's a lot, like some of the classics from another restaurant are, are, well, they're classic dishes anyway, like chicken parmesan and things like that. But, but no, the design was really, I mean, they didn't come to me and say, Hey, you should design it this way. I didn't even think about the former restaurant and when it came to design. I wanted to think about what would make people feel good in a space intimate and like i i was just in milan last summer milan is known for you know fashion Mm -hmm. and design and all that so pretty much almost all the materials in there are from italy you know the tiles and things and but there you know but try to keep it milan's very the northern part of italy is much a lot more industry and things and Mm -hmm. so it's not that i mean you know when you come in some italian restaurants it feels all rustic charm this is more a little more milan's businessy right so it's got a nice charm to it with a few quirks, but it's, you know, materials and things are are uh, much more modern. 
Now, does it complement, with an E, does it complement the coffee shop and your offices in terms of the exterior, or is it totally different? So, no, the exterior is all complementary, but when you come inside, it's completely different, right? And, you know, there's some unique paintings I had commissioned by Italian artists in there. And, you know, I really wanted to just, but not like, you know, paintings of like Como or something like that. They're actually paintings of uh, our dogs, my wife and our dogs, <laughs> wearing uh, Renaissance clothing with food of, from the different cities floating in the air. They're, they're unique, but the guy's got kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of doing his paintings. I, I've seen his work before, so I, I commissioned him to do those. And, and people love those. I mean, most people love dogs, so I don't think I could go wrong with that. It has nothing to do with the food or anything, but but it's sort of a little bit of like you take a nice sort of clean modern design and add a little whimsy in there. The ceiling is very acoustic, but it's not super high. I know a lot of restaurants I go in and I feel like I'm in a warehouse. Yeah. It just doesn't feel intimate. This, you could be in someone's house. You feel like you'd be in someone's having a big dinner party or something. That's that's how it feels like to me when I go over there. And I I can't go without knowing someone. It, and it's not that I know everybody in Henderson. It's just there's so many regular people that followed the chef and her husband, Walter, that they come regularly. And, you, and that's what's really cool to me is that, that loyalty. Sure. Repeat um, business, too. Yeah. So I think you're going to become the... What do you think about the honorary mayor of Water Street? Does that does that? I don't want to say good? no. I know the mayor; she's awesome. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't need me as honorary mayor. I, I just want to. I just want to be the uh, the guy the guy that I would love to like pick what comes next. But you know that's that's the market. But right. Do who you, knows? But I may have something next too. I you know give it a year or so, uh, and we'll see. Have you focused yet on the market segment for Azura? Cucina Italiana in the sense well, of locals, meaning hyper-local Henderson or the wider Las Vegas Valley and even visitors get wider to Las, Las Vegas. Vegas for sure. But, you know, it's a drive. Like if I'm going to go eat in Summerland, I got to really plan. It's a long, you know, from here, it's a 40-minute drive. You got to get back. So we do get a lot of Henderson folks like Lake Las Vegas, Cadence, you know, all over Henderson. But mm -hmm. But we do cast our net a little further and, and out of town people. I met some restaurant owners from Canada the other night that had heard about it and came in and just wanted to check it out. So well, do you think? Yeah. Do you think that people, it's a, it's a, not an anomaly so much as seems to be the case that visitors who fly in from far away have no problem then once they're here in Las Vegas, getting out to Henderson and to Water Street to your restaurant versus locals who may live in Summerlin and, as you said, have to plan out the day whether they want to spend 40 minutes in traffic and plus 40 minutes back and all of that. Yeah, and I, and I, yeah, it's true. I mean, I would love to see more, more people. When I travel, for example, if I go to Italy, I'll spend time researching the different restaurants and, you know, cross-referencing reviews because, you know, one may be really good, but, and, you know, try to, try to get some lists of places you want to go try out. And, you know, I, I would love for us to be on that list. You know, it's a tough crowd here in Vegas because you've got all the celebrity mm -hmm. chefs, right? but, but at our restaurant, our chef actually makes your food. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, that, and that means something. <laughs> and she cares about what she makes. She really does. Is there one dish on the menu that stands out among the others? I know they're all good from your point of view, but is there one that for want of a better term, is the signature dish? 
I'm going to say it's the pork chop agrodolce. And, you know, people just come and and I haven't seen anybody. They rave about the pork chop and they they, they come to the restaurant for that. And, and, you know, interesting. Now, we were just reviewing, you know, seeing what people are ordering last week and kind of getting a feel for things. But it's the a lot of the steak and pork and seafood and those things that people much more than the pasta, which is in, mm-hmm. just interesting to me. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of restaurants have much broader menu and lots of things. But I think doing a, a few, I'm not saying it's a few dishes. There's a lot on the menu, mm-hmm. but but doing what you do, do do it well and don't try to overstretch yourself. And I think that's part of their success on, on the chef's success and Walter on creating the menu with me. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's good that you're limiting yourself to twice a week because otherwise the profits would all be eaten. Yeah, that trust me. <laughs> in there. I think that's what I think about. But I but I learned something. My my friend Tim uh, Brooks that has the two casinos down here and he has restaurants in there. And he he said, you know, when you have your own restaurant, which I never have before, you you don't in, you enjoy it, but you have trouble enjoying it because you're like watching everybody, <laughs> watching how the service is. You want to see if people are having fun. They're enjoying their food. So my my wife's like, you're like not paying attention. I'm like, I just want to overhear what people are saying. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it it's like a designing a building, right? I love, you know, hear what people say about it. And uh, same with the restaurant. It's nice. And, and you know, I've been pleasantly surprised. People are, are really enjoying it and coming back. So we're on reservation only right now. I think they got to at least be planning a week, week or two. Well, that, that's great news if you're on reservations only at this point. Yeah. We, we had a flood of people come in at the beginning and it just couldn't handle the, it's just too much. Right. How many seats in the restaurant? In the restaurant, we have nine tables. So uh, it's under 30, um, like 28 or something like that. A lot of people eat at the bar, but outdoors this weekend, we were able to open outdoors. Finally, our our exterior patio and there's, uh, there's like 40 seats out there. So we end up another, we had, I think a hundred, hundred people dying there on Saturday night. So it's not a, it's not really big, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you, but it's awesome because it doesn't feel like you're in a place, there's like 10 empty tables because there's 30 tables in there or something, right? Right. Yeah, I asked you, yeah, I asked you how many seats and I probably should have said tables, but then I was factoring in the bar while I was asking the question. So it. Well, nine tables and six seats at the bar. Okay. And the tables seat how many though? Four? Or two? Uh, no, we have twos and fours. Twos and fours, so a mix. Okay. Total inside, we're just slightly like twenty-eight seats. Okay. The bars. So cool. that's that's pretty small. Before I let you go, what's your future plans for the restaurant in terms of expansion, or do you see it? Or do you see recreating it elsewhere? Or are you focused mainly on Water Street at this point, just because you're so immersed in that world? Yeah, I'm focused on Water Street, and I think the restaurant. We get to the point where we do some brunch. And some events like that, but you know, not even thinking about opening for lunch. I know the city would like us to, but I think with the chef being so intimately involved in the dish creation and things, it's I think sticking with dinner. But so definitely some complimentary type things here on Water Street. Open to suggestions. Okay, that's good. Well, that's a great way to leave you know, it. Open to suggestions. Because I want to. I want to stick down here. It's my neighborhood, right? Yeah. No, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been architect Wyndham Kimsey along with his wife, Annalisa Polk, have opened Azura Cucina Italiana. 
serving Italian classics in Henderson's reimagined Water Street. For everything about Azura Cucina Italiana, go to azuracucina.com and you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook. And Wyndham, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Same Look forward here. to seeing you. Thanks. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Happy.